Today's text is from Revelation chapter 22, verses 7 through 21. That's on page 1939 of your Pew Bible. Before this reading from the last chapter of Revelation, we once again remind you from the first chapter about the importance of these words. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. I, John, am the one who saw and heard these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said, do not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of the scroll. Worship God. Then he told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of the scroll, because the time is near. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take of the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of the scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in the scroll. If anyone takes any words from the scroll of prophecy, God will take from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in the scroll. The one who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all of God's people. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Brothers and sisters in Christ, so did you notice the last words? Because they could easily pass us by. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. The last words. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. That's sort of like the Bible's way of saying sincerely yours or best regards. It's a rather ordinary valediction. Grace be yours. Ordinary words. To conclude a book that is anything but ordinary. Along the way, we've met dragons and beasts with seven heads. We've met mighty angels and the four living creatures whose faces were animals. We've met the 24 elders dressed in white. We've seen rivers of blood and the lamb that was slain standing on the throne at the center of all things. We've seen a great multitude that no one could count from every tribe and nation and people and language. And so you'd think that the ending of this book might be a little more breathtaking, like the implosion of the world, or Godzilla rises again, or King Kong has seven brothers with ten arms and three heads each walking through the center of New York City. But what we get is ordinary. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. But those last words really shouldn't surprise us. Do you know why? Because that's exactly where we live, in the ordinary. If someone were to ask you what uh, the book of Revelation is all about after three months of, of studying it, you really should probably say something in response, right? But what would you say? Would you say the book is about, you know, monsters and dragons, or maybe it's all about plagues, or would you just punt and say, well, God wins in the end? I, I hope that you could say a little more than that. Because in truth, Revelation is about the ordinary. It's about pots and pans and tires and fuel pumps and who you vote for and what you paste on Facebook or Snapchat and whether or not you're willing to don a mask in public. It's about the ordinary, the everyday stuff, the everyday decisions that all of us make. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Revelation is about the Lord Jesus. It's about His death, it's about His triumph, and it's about His triumph through His death. John draws up in this book some of the most gruesome, sinister adversaries we could ever care to imagine. And what's his point with all that? Is his point that life is like a fantasy film and we need to take a break more often from reality? No. No, he's telling us instead that life is a spiritual battle. Every moment of it. And victory comes not through picking up our swords, 
or accumulating more power and more influence, but rather victory comes by laying down our lives over and over and over again. Triumph comes through fighting Jesus' way. Grace be with God's people. God's people is a way of saying saints without the stained glass. Grace be with all the saints. That's what John wrote. And the saints in Revelation over and over again are those who are faithful to Jesus Christ. So what does it mean, really, to be faithful to be faithful to Jesus. Well, what does it mean to be faithful to your spouse, for instance? Well, of course, it means you don't betray him or her by committing adultery. But that's not the only way to betray someone who loves us. Being faithful also means that if your spouse is into recycling, you don't go out and throw away all your aluminum cans and put them in the trash when he's out of sight. Or if she works for the Coca-Cola company, you don't go out drinking Pepsi. Being faithful means that you realize that your actions reflect on your spouse. You are tied to him or her. You are tied to that relationship, to that person. And all of us, friends, are tied to Jesus. Our actions reflect on him, every one of our actions. And so, says Revelation, live like it. Live like it. Be faithful. Come out of Babylon and come into Jesus. Your life should look like Jesus, not the excessive, oppressive life of Babylon. Be faithful. Even to the point of death. Jesus himself once put it this way. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Be faithful even to the point of death. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated by the evil one. Don't be afraid of those who can hurt your body and your reputation and your income. Instead, be faithful to Jesus even to the point of of death. Friends, you probably noticed this, but there are a lot of martyrs in the book of Revelation, and their blood flows throughout the pages. But Revelation stops just short of saying that you have to be a martyr to be saved. Just short of that. But what we often get wrong about martyrdom is that we think that it all comes down to one big moment when we're faced with a choice and we can either choose Jesus or choose the flames. But martyrdom usually does not come down to one big moment. Martyrs are made out of lots and lots of little moments. The more you stand with Jesus, 
the more the world begins to hate you, the more the world has a problem with you. The more you cling to sexual purity, the more you seek justice for people you don't even know, the more you keep your vacations modest in a world of excess, the more you post things that are true and noble and right and pure and admirable, the more you stand with the lonely and the overlooked and the unlovely, the more you do these things, the more the world is going to have a problem with you. But when you deny Jesus in those little moments, what's not to love? Babylon will adore you. But you have to ask the question, is that what you really want? Does God win in the end? Yes, of course He does. The question is, will you stand with the Lamb in the battle? Will you live like the Lamb right here and now, today? Will you battle in the same manner that the Lamb battles? Will you be faithful to Jesus in everything? Revelation is about ordinary Christians, saints, living faithfully to Jesus in ordinary circumstances, nothing more. And do you know what we need in order to do that? Lots and lots of grace. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we need your grace. There is no other way that we can stand with you and be faithful to you. And so we pray that you would come among your church even today and you would shed your grace upon us. You would give us your spirit that we may live in faithfulness to our Savior and our Lord. This is our prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. So we know that uh, what we've studied over these last three months, there was a lot of stuff there. And so what we'd like to do in the time that we have remaining this morning is do sort of a, what we're calling Revelation Rewind, a review of, of some of the major themes that we've studied. And you'll notice, too, that the book of Revelation is filled with song and worship. And we want to take some of the music that we have sung as well and, uh, and worship God through those songs and through His Word this morning. And so that's what we'll be doing for the remainder of our service, and we will guide you as we go along. <clears throat> the story began not up in heaven, but right here on the earth. 
We met the main character, Jesus, fully man, but also fully God. And where was he? Where else? He was among his church. And he came with a message, do not be afraid. On the Lord's day, I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. When I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. The hair on his head was white like wool, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, and he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. center of all things, he saw the throne of God with creation and the church engaged in what comes most naturally of all, the worship of God. 
After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and there was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it, and the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. chapter 5, we met the only one worthy to open the scroll. The only one able to establish God's kingdom right here on the earth. He could open the scroll not by waging war with his sword, but by waging war with his sacrifice. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll sealed with seven seals, And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, and they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals, because with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. I wept for none was worthy to open the scroll or to look upon what it contained and a voice said see the lion of the tribe of judah so i looked to the lion and saw a lamb that was slain you are worthy to take up and open 
the scroll for you are the lamb that was slain glory and honor to the one on the throne to the lamb who lives and reigns worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power God, wisdom and strength and honor and glory Every people and nation, the blood purchased man for God. You won them a kingdom by your salvation and made them priests to serve our God. To serve our God, worthy is our Lamb that was slain to receive power, wealth, wisdom, and strength, and honor and glory and praise evermore. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. You are worthy to take up and open the scroll. You are the Lamb that was slain. Glory and honor to the one on the throne, to the Lamb who lives and reigns. In chapter 7, we met the army of the Lord. Not surprisingly, they are armed not with weapons, but with the sacrificial spirit of the Lamb. They are the martyrs. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. After he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Salvation belongs to our God, who sits upon the throne, and unto the Lamb, praise and glory, wisdom and thanks, honor and power and strength. 
chapters 10 and 11, we met a second scroll, and John was asked to eat it. This scroll contained the bitter sweet call for the church to proclaim the gospel to all peoples and nations. This calling is bitter because it means suffering and death for the church. It's sweet because this willing sacrifice is filled with the power and the love of Jesus and leads to the fall of Babylon and to the conversion of all peoples. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was holding a little scroll which lay open in his hand. He said to me, Take and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. Then I was told, You must prophesy to many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. My two witnesses will prophesy for 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. When they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower and kill them. Their bodies will lie in the public square of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom in Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from every people, tribe, language, and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts. But after the three, after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and terror struck those who saw them. At that very hour, there was a severe earthquake, and a tenth of the city collapsed. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake, and the survivors were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven. With a mighty voice, he shouted, Fallen! Fallen is Babylon the great! The kings of the earth committed adultery with her, and the merchants of the earth grew rich from her excessive luxuries. Come out of her, my people, so that you will not share in her sins, and so that you will not receive any of her plagues. Then fire came down from heaven and devoured them, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I heard... Jesus, 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 Jesus,
to my Lord be the power and glory. shouting hallelujah for our Lord God Almighty reigns let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready fine linen was given her to wear which stands for the righteous acts of the saints blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb stand with us stand with us please for the rest of the service
church will also belong to the new Jerusalem. Those who bore the name of God in this life will bear it also in the new creation. Those who, for the sake of the lost, are not afraid to testify to Jesus will reign with him forever and ever. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and be their God. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and they will reign forever and ever. He will, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Who has held the oceans in his hands? Who has numbered every grain of sand? Who can teach the one who knows All creation rises to Come let us adore 